0: Good morning. Good morning. Brilliant. Awesome. Great to see you. Um, I'm just going to be really conscious that I've got a pool behind me, and uh, that might be the second baptism of the morning. So um, if you see me go over, uh, Luke, you've got to grab me quick, okay? <laughs> Great. Well, we are starting a new summer series, and we're going to be looking at the Psalms, and we're going to be specifically covering the Psalms of Ascent. Now, these are 15 Psalms. And uh, they can be considered as songs. These were songs that were sung as the Israelites would travel to Jerusalem three times a year. So they were decreed, they would decree that you would travel to Jerusalem three times a year for the festivals. And these Psalms of ascent were sung on the journey as they went. So the Israelites would gather all of their Friends, their family, they would gather their provisions for the road and they would begin their journey and slowly make their way through the valleys, through some potentially dangerous roads, and they would make their way up to the city of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is situated on a hill, hence the Psalms of Ascent. Now, the songs were there as an anticipation for the journey. And now we're in the middle of summer. It's hot. Uh, Some of us are not here, where some of us are already on holiday. You might be tuning in a little bit later to listen to this message. And some of us might still be to go on holiday, hopefully. But one of the things that we do as a family is we would build a a playlist that we would take on our journey in the car. Some of that involves some songs that I'm not, not too particular fond of. There's Frozen, Let It Go, and all sorts of things that come out the Spotify playlist. Um, But there are some songs that you might pick yourselves for the destination that you're going to. So you might be going to the beach. So maybe Beach Boys is an appropriate song, right? Or you might be going to a Greek island, and therefore Mamma Mia might be something that you would pick on your list. Or you might be going to France, and you might pick some techno trance, a loss on dance. I'm looking to the 18 to 30s. We've been uh, listening to a Los on Dance, a techno trance song, which is, uh, which is great and helps build anticipation for if you're traveling to, to France. So the Psalms of Ascent are like a Spotify playlist for the Israelites. And so this summer series is about a journey. And uh, I'm going to try to explain a concept to you here. There is the journey of the here and now that we are in, and there is the journey of the yet to come. Okay, journey has two parts, a beginning and an end. So I'll give you an illustration of that, everybody is sitting here hot. This is nothing like it was on Tuesday, right? 42 degrees, or whatever, it, it, really bad. We were all sitting there sweating, fans on us, buckets of ice, doing everything to keep ourselves cool, all the while hoping that there was going to be rain, that it would start to refresh and it would start to cool down. It was an anticipation of things to come, the rain to come, but we're back to square one, aren't we? Yeah? Okay. So, in Scripture, we see a similar anticipation in the Bible. So, in the Old Testament, you see God creates uh, the universe, he creates the world, it's his creation, and then we see God travel with his people, his presence with them, and then In time, what you see in the New Testament is you see Jesus come, and we see his Holy Spirit descend and his presence with us. That's a journey, but it is not yet complete. There is an anticipation of a day, one day, where the church will be reunited with Jesus. And so this is my hope for us this morning. As we read the first in our series together, Psalm 122, that there'll be an anticipation for the journey but also that we will hold on to God's presence in the here and the now. And so these Psalms have a really wonderful way of not only helping our prayer lives, but they help us to convey our emotions to God and help us, help point us to Jesus in all seasons of life. So if you've got a Bible with you, and it will be on the screen as well, we're gonna be reading Psalm 122. And uh, this is number three in the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, But you'll see that it has the title, A Song of Ascents of David. So this is one of four that was attributed to King David in the Psalms of Ascent. And he writes it as though the Israelites have arrived at the end of their journey. And so it would have been appropriate to sing this. As the Israelites stepped through the gates, they would have started to sing the psalm in, in unison. Let's read it together. Let us go to the house of the Lord, a song of a sense of David. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May there be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Amen. So. Let's dive into the first psalm that we're going to be covering. So two points, nice and easy, I hope. We're all tired, but two points to cover this morning from the psalm. The first one is worship on the journey with Christ. So when David writes the psalm, he pictures two groups of people. He pictures an individual. I was glad when they said to me, verse 1. But he also describes the community, us, coming to the house of the Lord. Let us go to the house of the Lord. There's an individual element, but there's also very much so a gathered element, a community element that's very important to the psalm. And most importantly, where do they go? To the house of the Lord. You see, going to the city of Jerusalem wasn't the end destination for them. The main objective of the journey was going to the temple. It was going to the house of the Lord. And they did that together. And the reason they would go to the house of the Lord, the temple, is that it's there where they would atone for their sins through sacrifice. And it was there where they would also bring worship to God. It was the pivotal moment for them on the journey. As they came into Jerusalem, their thoughts were, oh no, we're We're in Jerusalem, we've arrived. No, let's go to the temple of God. Let's go to God's presence and let's go and worship him and give thanks to him. It was the main reason for the journey. And this makes David glad. There is a real joy in this moment. And so when we come to worship God and we worship him together, worship affects us in three ways, in three dimensions. It affects our past Okay, So we get to worship God in light of everything that has happened before us. God's creation, his presence through his people, Jesus Christ coming, his presence with us now. Everything that we have walked through in life, we get to thank God for. And then we get to thank God for the present. And this is often one of the hardest. We thank God for the present. Everything that we are going through right in this moment, we can say, God, I give you all the glory. You are sovereign in my life and I worship you. And then we get to worship God In the future, the to come moment, we get to worship God knowing that one day there is going to be a new Jerusalem, that one day we're going to be reunited with Christ as a church and as a body of Christ, his wonderful bride. And David, who writes this, is a man of worship, is he not? He's the guy that pioneered 24-hour worship. He set it up so that people would gather and for every minute of the day that they would be bringing worship together on this significant scale. And so as I was preparing for this morning, I felt the Holy Spirit saying, Derek, what is worship like in your life? And are you glad to be worshiping together with others? And that's my question for you this morning. Are you glad when you come together and you worship the Father? right? Even with young Luke playing drums this morning. I think that deserves a round of applause because you've done a great job, mate. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, you know you're short of drummers when the the pastor has to uh, drum. No, it was fantastic. Well done, mate. But there is a real, I don't know if you felt it this morning, such a joy of being able to gather and worship together, isn't it? For us, last week, um, the, the eldership team and a, and a few of the guys, we, we had a Zoom call and um, we connected with 50 or 60 other church leaders from a cross-relational mission. And um, a chap called Steph Liston was leading the meeting, I'm sure you will know of Steph from uh, his family weekend with us. And um, Steph suggested that we would unmute everybody on the Zoom call, now straight away alarm bells are like, come on man. Have you not learned what Zoom's like, you know, one mic at a time? Um, But he suggested we all unmute and we would all bring praise to God in that moment. And so for about 10 minutes from across the country, men and women were praying together, were worshiping God, and there was something just significant about that moment. Um, I'm sure the guys here that were in that call will, will recognize the moment. It was fantastic. And at different times in the call, you could hear different voices praising and and sending adorations to God, and it was wonderful. There's something about gathered worship and praise rising together that you can't even describe. I can't even attempt to just try and describe it for you. The closest I've come is a quote by A.W. Tozer, and he sums up corporate worship like this. Has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos, all tuned to the same fork, are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned, not to each other, but to another standard, by which one each one must individually bow. So 100 worshipers, we're probably about 100 in this room today. Meeting together, each one looking to Christ, our in heart, nearer to each other than they could ever possibly be. We worship to another standard, and that is Jesus. As the Israelites gathered for the temple in the first half of the psalm, they came together. But there is a key difference from them to what it is for us today. See, as Christians, we're not only just a part of the church, we're not only a part of the family of God, but we carry his presence within us and through us. The Holy Spirit dwells with us. We have the amazing privilege of being the temple of God this morning. Isn't that an amazing thought? No longer do we have to be in a physical place to worship. I was in South Africa a few years ago, and there was a church that we drove past in Johannesburg, that had a fence and then a sign saying, the church with no walls. Little bit far, I think. Um, Especially in the middle of Johannesburg, Uh, that's a bit risky. But the element of the temple for us, we are the temple, right? When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the curtains tore in two as we were singing this morning, we have access to his presence. We have worship that is completely free, unhindered. We have full access to the Father. And so I'm going to ask the question again. Do you find joy when you gather to worship God? Right, let's look at the second point. Prayer on the journey with Christ. Prayer on the journey with Christ. So in the second half of the psalm, David turns his attention from the act of worship to the act of prayer. And he starts to encourage his people to pray for Jerusalem and pray for the, city, uh, for the people within the walls of Jerusalem. And he specifically asks them to pray for peace and for security. Now, Jerusalem, its name is marked as the city of peace. We can read this in Hebrews 7, verse 2. But in reality, Jerusalem has known a lot of war over the years and centuries. And even to this day, very day, They've experienced war and they've experienced battle. When we read in scripture, Jerusalem is a parallel imagery to the church. And so when I sat there and I was like, well, okay, so the Jerusalem's experiencing some war. David says, go and pray for the peace and security of Jerusalem. What well, he's saying? Hey, let's pray for the peace and security of the church. But why? What is it that we are experiencing as a church body? And the first thing that came to mind was COVID. The enemy will do anything to disrupt the unity and mindset and gathered uh, people as much as he possibly can. And COVID was probably one of the best examples of that. A pandemic, lockdown, nobody able to, the saints not able to physically gather together. The enemy will do anything to affect the church and our relationship with God and our relationship with one another. And the reality of living a Christian life is that we are in a war. We are in both a physical and a spiritual war, and it's in these moments that prayer and worship become pivotal to the Christian life. They become vital to living with Jesus. As a church, I want to implore you to earnestly pray for peace. Pray for peace in the church. Pray for one another. Pray for security for God's people. It's in the midst of these battles and spiritual attacks, that being a part of a community, being a part of a family, really matters. It's where we get to build one another up. It's where we encourage one another. It's where we point each other to Jesus. I've been really amazed over the last six to 12 months, maybe even longer than that, of seeing some of you go through some incredibly difficult moments. Life. Sorry, give me a second. That's hard to watch, right? It's hard to watch your brothers and your sisters go through these moments in life. But what has encouraged me, what has filled me with hope and with joy, is seeing how you have worshipped Jesus in the midst of difficulty, that you have walked through the valley, but in that you have given yourself to him. You have trusted Him with your past, your present, and your future, and you've given it all to Him. That's filled me with joy. If I stayed at home, and I never went to church, and I worshiped God, I would never get to see what it means for my brothers and sisters to worship God in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of battles of life, and to see you walk, and with faith and assurance, trust and hope in your God. That is a a thing you can't get at home, right? And it encourages us, it builds us up as a church family to see that. As we start to come to a close I'd really like us to consider what it means then in the midst of these battles of life what it means to pray for the church to pray for one another and specifically what peace and prosperity security that David talks about Looks like in our lives. Now in Hebrews, the peace and security that it talks about in the Psalm, our English words can't really truly communicate what that actually means. So let's look at it. Peace. Peace is more than just breaking up a fight, right? If you're a parent, you know what it's like to try and separate your kids. Just be at peace, guys. Just stop fighting. It's more than that. Peace is shalom. It is a wholeness, it is a completeness, it is rest, it is tranquility. And then you look at the word security, in some translations, this, is, this is a, a, can be read as prosperity, shalva. But it is not just prosperity in the sense of financial comfort. It talks about uh, giving Giving an illustration, it's as though someone is, is postured in such a way that they have absolutely nothing to worry about in their lives. There is completeness, Shalva and Shalom are so closely linked, there is a completeness to it. I don't know about you, but we could do with some of that peace and security in our lives, right? And when it comes to prayer, there is something powerful about being a part of a church family and inviting others into the sacred place of our hearts. Praying for a friend demonstrates where to bring our our burdens. Praying for a friend reminds us that we were never meant to carry a heavy emotional load, but to take it to our Father in heaven. He is a big God, amen? We can sometimes forget the depths of God's passion There's compassion for us when we feel overwhelmed with burden and pain. It's in those moments that having the welcome prayer of a friend come pray for you can help direct us and point us back to God. And more importantly, when we pray, we pray with the knowledge of a time when Jesus will return. When we look through through life through the lens of Scripture, there is a time when we know that the things of this age will come to an end. We're on a journey, creation, God's presence with us. Jesus coming, his, 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 his Holy Spirit now dwelling amongst us. There will be a time when that will come to an end and a new Jerusalem will be there. As David writes the Psalm, he describes the different tribes coming together in unity. And so in that place, in the holy city, you see a representation of every tribe from around the city of Jerusalem come together, every tongue. And I don't know about you, when I think about heaven, I think about that moment. Revelations talks about this. Uh, in the book of Revelation, it says, Behold, I saw a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they're crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is the end destination we are coming to. The journey that we are on now, there is a point where the church will one day arrive there. It's a time where that peace, that shalom peace will reign and God will reign and the security of God will be fully realized in its entirety. A time where the kingdom of God will be established. So this morning, we carry the Holy Spirit with us, right? He dwells amongst us. And I would love for us, and I'm gonna encourage you all to stand up and we're we're gonna do this together as a church, as a gathered church in unity. I would love for us all to pray for the peace and security of the church, to pray for one another, to pray for that joy, that gladness that David was talking about. I was glad when they said to me, go to the house of the Lord. We are in the house of the Lord today.